Hello, and you are back in the Velvet Room with Joker the Fool. This is our 35th episode, and today we'll be discussing why Southwest is only part of the problem, and it being that time of year where losers pretend that comics are actually selling. Uh, So we're going to get right into the first topic, Southwest Airlines. Now, I flew Southwest Airlines in September um, to that region of the country they service the most, down to uh, Texas. It was a very good uh, service. Of course, you know, flights and coach aren't um, very comfortable, but all the flights came on time, got me to where I needed to go, um, and that was uh, true for the uh, the four flights I had to take, uh, getting there, getting back. I had one leg over each way around, and it was a very good um, service doing what basically the, the base service of an airline of getting you to point A to point B, and that's what I care most about with an airline, but... Um, a lot of people are talking about Southwest not because of um, how well they function as a service. It's more or less um, the opposite of that. It's, um, well, I guess, I guess depending on who you are. But Southwest, they've had this policy for a, a good bit. This, like, fl- flyer of size policy where if you're too big for one seat, they'll give you the second seat for free. This has been the case for a good long while. Uh, but this has been in the new cycle again. People going on and on and on about it, you know, one way or the other. All the the fat activists accepting it as the the greatest thing, and it needs to be industry standard. And you know, everyone, well, everyone else saying this is ridiculous. Don't fly Southwest. Uh, this is the reason why you shouldn't fly Southwest. Now, part, my personal opinion on this is that basically all airlines are complete garbage um, in terms of being companies that are worth supporting. So it's basically you're, you're picking your poison. And I, I think Southwest is decent poison regardless of this flyer of size policy because the experience I had of with it was pretty good. It's just it functioning as the, the service of saying, you know, the flight comes at this time to get you to this place, and that's what they're able to do. And I, I do think they're able to consistently do that, uh, despite this um, flyer of size policy. But the, the bigger issue is that there are people who need the service in the first place, and the cultural response to the people who need the service isn't to um, go ahead and lose weight. It's, you know, we have to accept this. We can't be fat phobic. Um, anyone that says you have to lose um, weight or engage with healthy lifestyle habits in order to get um, smaller. It's just a fat phobic bigot, and they they need to go the way of the dodo, right? That that's the bigger issue there. It's not that Southwest is implementing this; is that we live in a culture where Southwest can implement this and be taken seriously by um, a I guess calling them a small minority uh, is a bit. Um, oxymoronic, but a minority of fan activists who have weaponized, cancel culture, weaponized um, the moral browbeating of the left to uh, implement all these sorts of things. And it's not just with um, airlines. It's all aspects of society. You know, doctor's office visits, like doctors shouldn't be weighing you or asking you about your weight or attributing anything to your weight or the fact that um, you know, with clothing and all, all these sorts of things. Now, the the issue, like like I said, isn't that Southwest is doing this per se. Not that it is an issue. The bigger issue, is, like I said, is that Southwest is um, looking at the culture and this is their response to the cultural comment is to do this where, where they feel like they're going to get the most amount of um, benefit culturally and economically from implementing this policy rather than just saying like, well, if you're 400 pounds, maybe you should just buy an extra ticket and most and saying like, if you're, you're 
not fine with that, then you, maybe you should um, go to the gym, uh, stop eating McDonald's, um, those sorts of things. You can't say those things uh, anymore if you're trying to be uh, perceived as acceptable because it's it's verboten to say that uh, you can lose weight and if you are um, oh, fat or obese or whatever term you want to use, that it's because you engage with healthy lifestyle habits too consistently and you need to engage with healthy lifestyle habits in order to get to a healthy weight and be able to um, interact with human society the way that um, everybody else has been able to for all of time up until um, morbidly obese people started really coming into existence within the last, you know, 40 to 50 years or so, really ramping it up since the 80s when they started um, really fucking with the food supply in this country. I've talked about this ad nauseum, how broken the uh, the food supply is in this country, and that's extending out to uh, the rest of the Western world, although it's not nearly as bad in uh, European countries as it is in this country because regulations are more strict, which is, you know, one, one of the things that as an ANCAP, I'm very frustrating, frustrated to acknowledge, but it is true that the uh, the European Union... Uh, they've got tighter food regulations. They ban a lot of stuff that um, isn't banned in the American food supply and that benefits the health of the average uh, European far more than the average American. But like, but as I will always say uh, on this show and on Hump Day Potpourri, this is a cultural issue. It wouldn't matter what they put in Lucky Charms if people didn't eat Lucky Charms. It wouldn't matter um, what people... Um, you know what was in McDonald's um, recipes if people didn't go um, pick up their food for the drive-thru from DoorDash, right? It, that, that's the bigger issue, and that's the reason why Southwest is only part of the problem is that we have this culture that encourages people to um, glutton themselves and be sedentary. Uh, and because we have those um, critical mass of people and they want to feel good about themselves and their life decisions, Southwest made the decision... Uh, a while ago to say, hey, uh, if you need two seats, we'll give you the second one for free and we'll just um, kick somebody off of the flight and give them a ticket for um, another one. And that's that's the issue. The issue isn't um, the fact that Southwest is doing this. That's the lagging indicator. The leading indicator is all the other um, cultural nonsense that has uh, pushed us to this point. But I think I've rambled on that long enough. Another um indication of cultural decline in this country is the comic book industry. Now, when I talk about the comic book industry, we're talking about the American direct market. So the comic books sold primarily by Marvel and DC, although there are a couple other companies, IDW, Image, uh, selling to local comic book shops, usually through Diamond. There's a couple other companies at this point, but Diamond is the biggest one um, that will sell um, these, uh, they'll buy the books from, like, a Marvel, a DC, an Image, and then they'll distribute those out to the local comic book, um, shops, and that industry is absolutely floundering, and it has been for years, unfortunately. So many LCSs are um, shut down, comic book sales are in the toilet, so much so that Marvel, DC, and all these other companies really aren't reporting numbers. Comicron's numbers used to be very exact sales, and now they're just estimates because these companies they don't want to report the numbers because they're so piss poor but um a lot of the numbers that do get reported for comics from uh, i forget what it's called um um nf not nft um but um whatever the numbers um come i know comicron has um it went linked as well but they'll they'll 
um, funnel in uh, manga sales and uh, graphic novel sales as well. But manga manga sales is what um, gets lumped in with the um, sales from the American uh, direct market. And those manga sales, um, they pad these numbers. And then when these numbers come out for manga having sold really well, because manga does sell um, pretty well. Uh, consistently, you're talking about stuff like from, from Shonen Jump, you know, your Jujutsu Kaisens and your Demon Slayers and One Piece and Dragon Ball. Uh, those things sell pretty well. They have a, a good market. People like to read them. They have a lot of value to the consumer considering you can pay like uh, 11, 12 bucks and you get a good like two to 300 pages of manga. It's all in black and white and it's the wrong way if you're used to reading uh, left to right. You have to read right to left. I, I believe I got um, that direction right um, there. But uh, manga has proven it has a market the stories are interesting they um only serialize what people actually like and that's why the manga industry is doing well and the manga industry is doing well overseas and those sales get counted in with the american direct comic book market and when those numbers come out that include manga they say hey look the the comic industry is selling even the comics are selling it's a booming industry we're all doing so well and then they're all talking about how they're uh busy broke they can't afford um rent with uh free roommates they can't um you know get paid on time they can't um get any work um coming in right right they are they're they're just waiting for um a couple of gigs to come through and then they'll be able to pay their bills they have to do freaking gofundmes to pay their rent um consistently throughout the year but at this time of year when these numbers come out they all drop that act and pretend that the comic industry is doing well because they want to stick it to uh guys like me guys uh, in uh comic skate even though i've started disillusion myself with being part of Comicsgate and all these sorts of things um the independent market the iron age you want to call it to anyone who said hey the comic book industry isn't doing well because you focused more on making Iceman gay and and feeling good about that rather than uh telling a good story about Iceman and you can apply that to any other character it's more about pushing politics on the people through the medium of comics rather than telling stories using the medium of comics and paying homage to these characters that have been in the um, american cultural fabric for decades they are merely pawns to push an ideology it's a very sad uh thing to see with the comic book industry and it's one of the reasons why i never got into it when i did get into uh comics i got into comic skate i got into um i read all of invincible uh, very big fan of the Repiverse, as you can tell by the reviews i've done on velvet room publishing as well and that's what i'm into not marvel and dc because uh it's been so uh tainted by this i guess woke mind virus is the best uh thing to describe it but it's just this you know corporate nonsense and this lack of cohesion and way too many hands in the pot um creatively to have a unified vision and also with all these hands in the pot you know from the creatives that work on the book to the people who get the book um into your hands as a customer there's no money to go around and there's not enough sales to justify that amount of hands in the pot in the first place and that's why the comic book industry is failing but these people have massive egos they never want to take fault or admit that they're wrong especially to their ideological enemies so they're going to use manga sales to pretend that the comic book industry 
industry is doing well and they're going to do that until the last local comic book shop closes and all the while they will blame us they will blame the people who are saying hey if you want comics to sell make them for people who actually go into the comic book shop every wednesday to pick up the books from their poll list but no if you say anything along those lines, you're a bigoted istophobe, you're a bad person, you, you just never liked comics in the first place, yada, yada, yada. But, okay, that's really the, the main message, message there, is that you have these losers pretending comics are selling, using manga to justify that. It really isn't, but that doesn't mean comics as a medium is dead. It just means that the industry is going to uh, change radically, especially over the next five years, and it's going to be something great and fantastic if you're willing to be a part of that change and you're willing to adapt to it. Uh, And hopefully I can be part of that. Uh, I might not be, but I'm hoping to be. Uh, But I I do think there's a lot of creative talent. There's a lot of will. Their internet's allowed distribution um, to be done by anybody to anybody, and that's a fantastic thing. So I do think that the comic industry can do quite well. We just need to get through these growing pains, and there's definitely people who are going to flounder and refuse to do it and say anyone who is doing in that work um, is uh, like, like I said, an istophobe, a bigot, a racist, a sexist, whatever um, buzzword they feel like using at that particular uh, time of the uh, day, year, whatever. Uh, you don't have measurement for time you want to use, but I think I've been rambling on for far too long about this. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll be back with uh, number 36 on Thursday, and we're going to the outro now. <laughs>